Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week, we're joined by two members of one of the newest professional running groups on the scene, the Mission Run Baltimore Distance Training Group, sponsored by Under Armour. Willie Fink and Casey Comer are two of the big stars in that group, and they came on the show to talk about the big rebrand, what it means for Under Armour's investment in track and field, and how they're going to organize with the other Under Armour teams moving forward. In addition to talking about the story behind the Mission Run branding, we also got into the debates over the different styles of 1500 meter racing, what it's like to live and train in Baltimore under coach Corey Leslie, and everything in between. Plus, we teased the possibility of a postseason Under Armour beer mile, which sounds like it could be a lot of fun. You can follow Casey, Willie, and the new Under Armour teams on Instagram to follow along with their journey as they gear up for USAs in a few weeks. This episode was brought to you by Sidious Mag Summer of Hayward. The competition is only heating up as we move into the championship part of the season, and the Sidious Mag team is going to be there every step of the way. Learn more at SidiousMag.com slash Summer of Hayward. Thanks for listening, and if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and follow us on social media. Until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Okie doke. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. I'm your host, David Melly, and I am here with uh, two Under Armour runners. And uh, the very first thing we'll talk about is uh, what their, their team rebrand name is before I inevitably butcher it. Um, but I'm here with Casey Comer and Willie Fink uh, out of the, the, all right, give me a second. Mission Run Baltimore. <laughs> something like that <laughs> very goes, close yeah so so yeah. first of all so what what is the new name of your team yeah so mission run is kind of what connects all three teams together and we're baltimore distance there's going to be a baltimore 800 group uh which is the uh the former district district group as they uh, move into baltimore and there's dark sky so we are ua mission run baltimore distance all right. And is that a coaching delineation with the two Baltimore groups is Corey's group is distance and the 800 group is being coached by someone else? Yeah. So they, yeah, the 800 group, you know, already had a coach that was already an existing group. And although we're going to be in the same city, uh, you know, it's two groups with two different coaches. So I'm sure we'll overlap some and I'm excited to train with some of that group. Um, but yeah, two two groups, two different coaches. Yeah. You're, is this mean you're not allowed to run the 800 anymore because you're not in the right team? <laughs> They've got to arrange a trade for, you know, temporary one day contract or something. Yeah. We'll just uh, grab one of their singlets with their logo on it. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, so where, so explain the mission run piece of this, where did that kind of come about? So mission run is just kind of like, it harkens back to kind of um, when Under Armour first started with their running shoes, they all had like a space kind of theme to it. Um, so mission run is like, uh, it's just like a space mission. Um, and all of our logos kind of look, look like uh, NASA-esque. Um, so it kind of harkens back to the brand's beginnings. Um, but then also it's just our mission is to run and be as fast as possible. 
Um, so it just kind of has a, a bit of a double meaning there. Um, and yeah, basically the, the meaning is it's our mission to run as fast as possible. So that's kind of what unites all three groups. Awesome. And the the uniforms that we're going, we're sticking with the, the pink, it looks like the pink and the black. Yeah. So, so right now, yeah. I, I liked the, I, I know the, uh, the uh, pink and yellow was a controversial one. I know some people didn't like it, but I thought those were fun. They were, they were bright at least. I liked them a lot. Yeah. I like those ones, but the new ones are cool too. Uh, they're kind of a continuation of more of those purples and pinks uh, and a little bit like no other brand really has that colorway. So that's pretty cool. So Casey, so you, have you basically since you turned pro you've been coached by Corey? is that correct yeah so i mean yeah that process started probably after the trials i started talking to Corey, and i was coached by my college coach like last summer and then would have officially switched over to being coached by Corey in like about september like as i was transitioning into the new season um so yeah that was a that was a a fun uh transition and then you know, we were moving around a lot before we finally uh, moved to Baltimore, but uh, it's been a fun year of, you know, learning a lot, learning, uh, you know, having a new coach and training in a new system for the first time in six years. It's, uh, there's a lot of things that are different, but I, I think we've done a lot of things that, uh, that have helped me just become a better athlete. And I think this whole process has been just like, I don't know. I think professional running, you just learn a lot of skills, like being flexible, being able to travel, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, a new coach is like, it's like in another job, if you, you know, switch companies or something, it's, it's kind of like that. Um, what was the, what was the big selling point that, that got you to the mission run group? I just like, from the beginning, it was like, well, at first in the beginning, there were a lot of like unanswered questions that, you know, maybe even Corey didn't know. So there was a lot of like mystery around it. Um, and anytime like a new group is forming, it's like a, it's a cool, like, I mean, there's some risk involved, but it's like a cool opportunity. And like, the more I, I, I learned about it, the more excited I was about Under Armour and their like, their like starting of a new group. I, I thought it was cool to be so close to the brand in, in Baltimore. And for me, I grew up two hours away. So that was another um, great selling point. Um, and I just got along with Corey really well. I actually, uh, I was at the Yakima mile in, in August last year. And the first time I would have like met him in person was I connected through Denver on the way back. I wanted to see some friends in Boulder and Denver. And I had lunch with, uh, Corey, John Jackson, uh, Jackson, like a couple people, and then I hit some balls in the driving range with Corey and talked about the future. So that was uh, that was our first real meeting. So that was fun. That's a love. That's a good first date if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start of a long relationship, hopefully. Very on brand for him. Um, so, uh, and obviously, so Willie, you're a returning guest to the the, the podcast, but the it, since you were last on, you've now switched coaches. So what's what's been kind of different for you under under Corey's system? Yeah, so it worked out really well that Corey's training is very similar to the training I was doing before. Um, so not a whole lot in terms of training has changed. Uh, maybe some like terms here and there. We used to call some things like cruise intervals. Now they're just 800 intervals. <laughs> um, but like other than that, uh, 
it's it's all been pretty similar. Um, so it's it's gone really smoothly. Uh, similar to Casey, I first met well, first talked to Corey uh, about the new group at the trials, um, and just kind of I don't have as quite of a good of a story. I just, <laughs> just chatted with him real quick. Um, he, didn't, he didn't play a, a quick uh, nine holes or anything. That's not a prerequisite. No, nah, no. Nah, we were standing on the uh, like infield of the practice track at Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just to to bring everybody up to speed, I guess. So uh, Willie, you're well. You're just coming off a mini vacation. I saw from Instagram. <laughs> um, but where are you at with uh, with the running right now, and what's what's sort of the plan leading into the next couple of weeks? Yeah, so uh, I just came off of a not great race at Mount Sac. Um, uh, my plan was to try to get the 5K qualification time for Worlds, uh, so try to run out of 13-13. Kind of had a chest cold or something along those lines um, during that just kind of I picked up right before the race, didn't really realize it. Um, and so the race didn't go great. I dropped out, didn't finish. Um, so then kind of from there, the plan, like changed the plan um, to just kind of get healthy, uh, take care of my body, get everything back to normal. Um, had a couple doctor visits, took a bunch of COVID tests, everything was negative. Um, so it was just kind of a, a free, uh, just, you know, an average chest cold that was pretty poorly timed. Um, so now uh, I'm just training until the trials. I've already qualified for the trials in the 5K. So that's my next race. I know, uh, so I'm kind of of the uh, mind that, you know, you can't really uh, do much about changing your, your race plan, you know, whether you have the standard or don't have the standard, but um, that kind of is at the top of folks' minds with the weird, slow 10K champs. How do you kind of approach going into USA's without the standard, does it change your your mentality or your race plan or anything like that? Or is that not something that you really factor in? It's not something I'm worried about right now because with USA's being a like gold label meet or you know whatever label it has, it's pretty high. Um, I think with the couple five Ks I've done towards my world ranking at the moment, if I finish top three in anything under 14 minutes, uh, which I, I think it will be under 14 minutes, I don't think it'll be that slow. Uh, watch, think, watch it somehow be like, we'll play this cliff audio. Uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's for sure. It's going to be like 1530 now. Um, but yeah, if, if I finish top three, I'm pretty confident that my world ranking will be good enough that I'll go. So not too worried about it. It doesn't change anything. And USATF is allowing that um, qualification standpoint, as far as we know. As I know, I hope. <laughs> Casey, you're racing tomorrow. I am racing tomorrow. Yep, I'm in Nashville right now, sitting in my Airbnb. The AC is broken, so that's good. Oh, good. Uh, they're working on but it. They're working on it right now. La last minute uh, sweat therapy is that? I don't know what the science behind that is, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just gotta stay hydrated. Um, yeah, I'm impressed no, that, you, that you're clothed on the Zoom. You know, this is an audio medium, and uh, that sounds pretty brutal in, in Nashville uh, yeah. in June. <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm I'm sitting on the bed. There's no desk because nobody comes to Nashville to work, obviously. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, they moved the time of our race. Just found out about that before I got on the, the Zoom here. I saw Sydney McLaughlin at the track, so they moved her to last for ratings purposes and moved us up. Fair enough. <laughs> are you guys are you guys buds? Do you like comparing notes? Oh yeah, some no. she, she, tips? Looked, she looked very focused. She looked like she would have torn my head off if I <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm excited to watch watch her run. I saw a lot of you know big names, especially in the sprints out there. So there'll be some other cool races. But yeah, focused on the 15. It's 12:18 local time, 1:18 Eastern time tomorrow. This will probably air after that. Yeah, it's coming out Monday, so we'll we'll know how. Let, yeah. you know, predictions. Like I'm gonna say, let's say 3:29. That sounds about oh, right. Yeah, yeah. that would be all right. That would be great. Yeah, closing okay. closing 49. Um, <laughs> all right but, well <laughs> when i'm right i'll look like a genius uh, no i appreciate and... that but yeah this is uh this is a great opportunity um this is another like you know silver label or whatever so it's a good chance to you know run well hopefully you know run close to the world standard or you know place well and get that little little boost uh and just another opportunity to compete it's going to be a great field um i got two friends that came down to to watch this race so i'm excited about that i told them if they wake me up tonight i'll kill them but, <laughs> uh, it's cool to have them here and you know it's uh yeah it keeps the it keeps the mood light you know are they, are they runners as well so they at least understand we ran together in high school yeah and they okay. they they do understand uh you know well to the extent that anyone who just who doesn't do this for a living i think can understand like sure <laughs> how much of a business trip this like is for me but uh yeah, in general, just trying to keep things things light and enjoy it because, you know, I do this because I enjoy it. You know, I love competing. I love winning. But, you know, I also want to just enjoy the journey. So it's nice to have them here. So since you guys both are, uh, you know, uh, have run a good number of American 1500s, um, did either or both of you see the, I guess, now kind of controversial video from uh, Chuck PT talking about Americans running the 15? Willie's laughing. No. <laughs> I have heard some other people talking about it. I haven't seen the actual video itself. Um, so I'm so not 100% sure what he said, but basically he said Americans don't want to run fast or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little, he like tried to clarify his remarks, but then it kind of sounded like he was just saying the same thing. Um, but basically what he was saying, uh, well, he said Americans are pussies. That was the the word that he chose to use. Um, but uh, he was basically saying that, you know, uh, people don't commit to, you know, pushing the pace in the middle of the race, even if it is kind of a, you know, a, a race kind of set up to be a qualifier, more of a time trial start. And, I, I don't think either of you have raced much in Europe. Um, so maybe there's, maybe this is an unanswerable question, um, but do you guys feel like there is kind of a, A, do you feel like there is a frustration sometimes where, where folks, you know, all show up to run fast and then we, we see this happen where, you know, they just don't go with the rabbit. Um, and B, do you feel like that is a, I guess, uniquely American phenomenon is what we're calling it these days. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I think that, you know, some of that for Americans could start in college too. Like I think in the outdoor season for Americans, like the regular season, like, you know, qualifying for regionals for the top, you know, men and women. Well, I shouldn't include women in this because they run hard. It's really just a, a men. Yeah. Uh, 
but like you qualify for regionals, like there's not a huge incentive to run fast besides, you know, trying to qualify, make that jump to go to USA's or make, hit the world standard. And then, you know, it's all about just racing at regionals and NCAAs. So maybe that's it. You know, I, I, I'm Chuck PT is not the first person to make these comments and I, I don't <laughs> think they're necessarily unfounded, but you know, that's the best idea I can come up with. Yeah, that's a good point. I've definitely like not been in this situation myself, but I've seen a lot of 1500s, especially lately, um, like at the sound running meet most recently, um, where like the top heat was slower than the B heat, um, just because no one feels like it's their responsibility to take on the pace, um, which is fair. Like it, once the pacers stepped off, it's it's up to anyone to to take it and and just seems like no one feels that responsibility i guess um which is fair in my opinion um because it, unless they're getting like a bonus or paid or something to lead the race objectively from a tactic standpoint most of the time it doesn't work out um most of the time if you lead a 1500 you get, end up getting out <laughs> It makes sense to me. Um, I don't know how to, like. Well, I, I was going to say, like, one of the first times uh, you you got on my radar was a couple of years back at uh, the Adrian Martinez Classic, when it, that exactly happened. It was a 5K, I think, but you were the only guy who actually went with the rabbits and ended up just, like, sneak attacking the field because everybody else was, you know, hanging back, trying to rely on their kicks. Yeah, 5K is different, though. Um, like like you said, like in that race, going with the Pacers who went 3K, or actually I think Brian went 3,200. Um, you know, I had them for a, a good portion of the race. Uh, and when I'm in a 1,500, usually it's maybe halfway. Um, so it's just a little bit different. Yeah, I also think there's a little, uh, I, there's something unique about uh, 1500 runners, I think, where there's like a little bit of an ego that milers all have about their kicks, where like every miler thinks that he has the best kick in the field. And it's like, well, you can't all have the best kick, you know? So I feel like there's a, a little over-reliance on that sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and I think that ego is like part of being a great racer. Like I think that I think of like Clayton Murphy as somebody who like people may say, Oh, he has a big ego, whatever. Like, but you know, he has good race and bad race. He still have a bad race, you know, and, and the next race will come out and win run amazing. Like obviously he's an Olympic medalist, uh, you know, but he's not somebody who's going to take on the pace necessarily. It's a, uh, but he's somebody who I would consider, you know, that that ego is what makes him great. Uh, whereas, you know, there's other guys with egos like Josh Kerr. And I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but his like is just I'm going to make you work like he's it's more of a, you know, take it from two laps out kind of thing and just show off your strength and dominate. You know, things that I found funny the other night was uh, did you guys watch the the I don't even the Hoka Festival of Miles? where Gary Martin's the only guy going with a rabbit. And I'm like, there's a whole bunch of professional, like, where's your sort of, you know, pride of like, really, you're going to let the, the high school senior do all the work, you know? <laughs> yeah. It goes both ways, you know? 
I mean, um, I, I think that especially in a mile, like a lot of the pros in that race, you know, could be racing for money. You could be racing for, you know, you just get another race in whatever. I, there's a lot of different reasons why you're out there. I mean, Gary just wants to run fast. Like that poor guy can't, can't cash the checks. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and he seems like a great kid. He actually uh, goes to high school 10 minutes from where I grew up. So we've run on like some of the same trails and uh, got to meet him once. Seems like a great guy, but yeah, I think that, it's not like if gun to their heads, I think like, you know, the pros in that race could just string that race out for sure. But, you know, Paul Ryan won that race. I have no doubt that he could run faster than 355 or whatever it was that he wanted. Do you, do you guys prefer a, a hammer fest or a sitting kick when it comes to, to your preferred races? Honestly, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I feel like at my best, I'm talented enough to win uh you know either way obviously like that's that's the ego talking to but uh yeah i mean i'm not somebody who's historically gone out there and just hammered from the front that's for sure how about you willie yeah i definitely like uh faster paces uh and just hammering the whole time um but similar to what you just said casey i i i've won both ways so there's a bit of an ego in the back of my head too like uh, i'm you know if it comes down to a kick i'm in a 5k run 337 like yeah that's pretty solid i can probably probably outkick most of these guys um but yeah i just i know my strength is my strength so um most of the time i try to make sure it's an honest race and just try to grind people grind people out yeah well and i always think of uh the you know famously pen relays and as a villanova guy uh, I'm, I'm sure you know better than anyone else it's like obviously there is the famous um you know uh the the Cheserec race and then um the this year you know there was like the world record attempt that kind of didn't pan out but you know i think people don't you know, every year it's like oh, on paper, 16 minutes doesn't seem that hard in a four by mile. And then you have to actually go out and do it. And it's like, well, maybe we'll just sit back and, <laughs> and finish hard. We're talking about how hard it is to get, you know, one person to run hard or one American to run hard. Imagine then getting four of them to run hard. I mean, yeah. of course, not, not all, they're not all Americans, but still like going out there and time trialing, having four people time trial successfully in a row is tough. Yeah. You guys, so uh, I, Last few people are going to be by themselves no matter what when are we going to see some uh some mission run dmrs or four of a miles out of you guys <laughs> I would love that i would love to do that like next week um but i don't know when it'll actually happen hopefully yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun i mean at some point i'm sure there'll be uh yeah i, I don't know it would be fun to do an event with the three teams for sure uh, I mean, Under Armour's building there like a beautiful new facility in Baltimore. You know, maybe everyone can come to town and uh, and we can do something. <laughs> but we'll have to see. Yeah, all, members of all three teams were at a uh, USA Indoors in Spokane, um, and we were all kind of talking shit about like, <laughs> obviously Baltimore 800 would win a four by eight, but like at what would it be a DMR that we'd all be competitive or a four by mile? Um, and I think it, I think between all three teams, a DMR would be very interesting and be a lot of fun. So hopefully we can do that at some point. The way the conversation the way the conversation was going, I was getting excited about going to the track to see uh, Will and Corey race a beer mile. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, that's, uh, I mean, I would absolutely love to see that. Uh, Willie, what do you, so uh, as Willie is not racing tomorrow, he's uh, already got the beer in his hand. What are you drinking? I think it's, uh, it's like a Voodoo Ranger IPA. Classic. There, I'm, I'm not kidding you. There was one beer that was left in our Airbnb fridge, and I'm pretty sure it is a Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> solid <laughs> not a good beer mile beer but uh is there uh are there any good uh baltimore breweries that you guys have discovered since moving there i don't i've never been to baltimore but I, don't, I don't know anything about it well willie and i actually willie alexa and i uh went down to the guinness brewery which is like just outside of town oh i didn't even know that i mean i guess they i guess it makes sense that they brew guinness in america but it would never have occurred to me <laughs> Yeah, it's where they brew all of their like pilot craft uh, type beers. Um, so they've got a lot of really interesting stuff there. It's a lot of fun. As, as the uh, as the resident science expert, are you the guy on the tour that's like asking all the really technical nerdy questions of the <laughs> brewers? No, we didn't. We didn't end up taking a tour. We just kind of. It was around St. Patrick's Day. Um, so they had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, like they had this whole tent with a bunch of other little vendors and stuff. Um, so we didn't take a tour. We just kind of explored. But even if I had taken a tour, I'm pretty introverted and would just keep those things to myself. <laughs> I wouldn't try. So who would win in a beer mile between the two of you? Run Your Mouth is brought to you by the City of Smag Summer of Hayward. The 2022 Prefontaine Classic was a huge success, but we're just getting started as USA's is around the corner in June, and the main event, the World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon, is coming up in July. I don't know about you, but after watching Sydney McLaughlin open up her season this weekend, I'm thinking we're going to see more than a few world records reset at Hayward Field over the next few months. And Sidious is going to be there every step of the way with interviews, live shows, and all sorts of exciting content with the athletes to bring you behind the scenes during one of the biggest summers of track and field the U.S. has ever seen. Follow us along on our YouTube channel, on social media, on our podcast network, and on SidiousMag.com, and we'll be sure to keep you posted as we have new, exciting events, content, and storytelling moving forward. For more information, visit SidiousMag.com slash Summer of Hayward. Have you run a beer mile, Casey? I have not run a beer mile. I've run a chocolate milk mile in high school. We did one. I, I did that in high school. Yeah, oh, we so we did we did one. I did it twice. I did one with eight ounces of chocolate milk per lap, which was not enough. That was easy. Oh, that's and totally cheating. Did yeah. one with sixteen ounces uh, per lap, which was too much, and then I threw up on the last lap. So why don't you probably. just do this the actual uh, standard pours? <laughs> I, I was just, I wasn't organizing it. I was going by the rules of whoever invited me. And, you know, they just said, pick up a half gallon of chocolate milk on your way here. I said, okay. And yeah, it was, it was tough. We, uh, we organized, cause I've done two chocolate milk miles and we uh, organized one, I think like maybe my freshman year of college. And there was a lot of controversy over, cause we were doing, we're doing 12 ounces, but you like you poured them into solo cups. Um, and there was there are some allegations on, among the women's side that perhaps uh, some competitors were not filling up the, the full 12 ounces, but uh, less of a problem in, in beer miles, I guess. <laughs>
but that doesn't answer the question. Who do you, who do you guys think could, uh, could take the victory? I'll, I'll take myself for sure. Uh, yeah. I don't take myself. I don't, I don't think you can chug quite. So, a- so, all right. So fifth Ave is, is September 11th. So maybe a couple days after that, we'll, uh, we'll hit the track. I, I was going to say that our, our, you know, brother from another podcast is uh is the beer mile podcast which willie has been on and i know these guys are going to listen to this and get to to scheme because they do a bunch of stuff with under armor like they're all into the all-out mile and stuff like that so i could almost see this materializing into just something quasi-official yeah uh the new uh headquarters in baltimore that they're building the first thing they're doing is a track you know, it's a private track. Like we could there you go. set up a mile, you know, it could happen. Hopefully that's not like a corporate no-no, you know, like a, an event like that. But yeah. I, as long as everybody's above eight, uh, all, you know, of age, I think, you know, there are worse ways to spend a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to some friends about like a 24 beer, 20, 24 mile, 24 hour challenge. I think that is a little, a little more questionable. A beer mile is probably okay. Yeah, I I've done a 612 1824 and I can't say I recommend it. Ooh, um, so I don't nice. know if I'd want and I did not drink 24 beers, so I <laughs> I don't know if uh I would want to really double down on that, but <laughs> if you want to try it, that's all on you. <laughs> Actually, uh well, uh I don't think he'll care if I say this. Uh Jackson Neff did a 100 100 for a week one time. Oh my um, god. <laughs> Which that to me is like, it's one thing to do it in one day. It's another to like do that seven days in a row. That's a, that's a lot of just like yeah. drinking every single day. <laughs> College. Um, it was, it was not fun. I don't recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's a lot of beer. Uh, drinking a hundred beers in a week. Like I, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I don't recommend it. <laughs> I think it would just it would just be gross after like a certain like you just feel physically so gross after so that's, three days. Is that ten that that's ten thousand calories ish of beer? I didn't think about that and <laughs> like yeah, I the math there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I think of all the problems with that. It's the, the beer is not the, the the calories is not what I would be concerned with. Yeah, that wasn't my first thought at all. Yeah, then you're getting into like extended toll on your body. Like, how long does it take you to recover from that? Like, oh, yeah. I took like a week off after it. Like, I was not in a good place. I feel like you need to take a week off from more than, you know, like more than running. Like, more like you have to take a week off from life after that, you know? Well, I was going to say, I think when Jackson did it, he was like on vacation or like between jobs or something. Like, he had some like set amount of time when he wasn't doing anything else. I don't think you could like be a functional person in the world yeah. and that <laughs> would just ruin my vacation why would you do that on a vacation i know like, <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> that's just work like well so the follow-up obviously is uh who would and maybe you guys are biased but who do you think would win between will and Corey? because now i really want to see that uh I, how much will has been running lately like yeah but sometimes you know the talent just comes through right <laughs> i don't know what i mean they're both talented i mean i know like i don't know i mean Corey did the marathon and i mean he blew up oh, that's true uh, <laughs> not that that's going to help him as much in a beer mile it, it just depends i see some videos of you know will 
like running with Aisha or, you know, I just don't know. I'm not there. He skis a lot, maybe stays in shape with that. I think it just comes down to who's drinking less. I, I was going to say, uh, you think that's well, a or a disadvantage? No, like I, I think that in terms of getting out of shape, like whoever's drinking uh, more is going to be a little more out of shape. They both can drink, like they're both going to be fine with that part, I think. Just like, you know, who's going to have a little bit more more sting? Who's got like a little bit less of a beer belly who can like power home less left? Yeah, d- dad bod, pre pre dad <laughs> pre dad dad bod. Um, I no, well now I I I think this is going to be some sort of follow up from this episode is is making uh, uh, the Under Armour beer mile happen after the the after Fifth Ave, but I'm very on board with that. <laughs> yeah, we we'll have a we can have a couple heats. We'll we'll fly Will in and have Will and Corey go at it as well, or we can all race each other. You know. Maybe yeah, they'll maybe they'll do better in the beer drinking and we'll do better in the running. I was gonna say I wouldn't I wouldn't count yourself that you guys would be in the top heat personally. Yeah. We'll see. You uh so if you had to this is a classic running mouth question, but uh I, I think Willie's answered it already. But Casey, if you had to come up with a gimmick mile like the beer mile or the blue jeans mile or the chocolate milk mile, but you're inventing something some sort of uh gimmick mile that you would thrive at what would you what activity would you pair oh that i would thrive at that's a good question oh geez i don't know the crawling mile no that would just that would just suck that would be bad uh <laughs> is that what you're thinking or like what like bear crawl like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i don't know the bad dribbling the basketball mile i feel like i would do pretty well at i know that's okay. like kind of a thing right but like well i was I gonna like, say as a Philly boy, I'm thinking like cheesesteak mile or something like that. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, we could do like a Philly delicacy each lap. We could do like uh, soft pretzel one lap, uh, cheesesteak another lap, and then water. You could finish off with water. Yeah, ice. yeah. That Some nice, be... nice water ice. Water ice, Italian ice. I don't know where your viewers. And then, uh, and then Yingling on the third lap. That could be the. <laughs> Yeah, geez. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, Philly. I mean, Yingling's Pottstown, but that's close enough. Um, I always associate. I, I did. I grew up in Boston, but my parents live in Swarthmore now, so I'm like an adopted uh, Philly uh, Delco person by extension. Um, and I always associate Yingling with with Pennsylvania, but also Philadelphia specifically. Yeah, that's fair. You could do. Not you could just do the cheesesteak mile and just all the Philly cheesesteak, the famous Philly cheesesteak places. You got Jim's one lap, Gino's one lap, uh, Pat's one lap, and uh, like uh, Del Sandro's one lap. You know, just get get like four big ones. You know, and do it that way. Well, or you could turn it into a bar crawl or a, or a, a road race. Like you could have yeah, to go yeah. to each one and, and whoever completes the circuit first, that, that could be the move. But Pats and Geno's are like 50 feet from each other. So that would not be a very long run. So would you put that at the beginning or the end? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like it would be more fun to put it at the beginning because like then you'd be suffering more uh, as, the, as the race progressed. Yeah, the distance between them and the other ones is decent. So like then you'd have some decent running after that. Yeah. Have you ever run uh, Broad Street? I did. Yeah, I did it once in high school. That is, I mean, it's such an awesome race. It's like, I just, I love the fact that you just ran straight pretty much the whole time. You can see the helicopter over the leaders uh, out front. 
It's awesome. I wish it was bigger. Like I wish there was more prize money. I wish there were more pros there and stuff. I wish it was just like a, a bigger event. Um, cause I feel like Philly, like, I mean, Broad Street for me, gr like growing up was big cause my, my, uh, grandfather did it. My dad, and my uncle did it. Um, but like in general, I feel like Broad Street and the Philly Marathon could both be bigger or they could choose one, you know, to make, you know, the big Philly event. Um, but yeah, I love Broad Street. All right, Willie, put it on the calendar next year. <laughs> we'll do it. We can both do it. I've never done the Broad Street. I want to. It would be fun. Yeah, the winner is like, that race is so quick now. Like the winner, I feel like is like close to 45 minutes. Yeah, well, Willie. Like 40, 46. <laughs> What'd you say? What's the distance of this? 10 race? miles. 10 oh. miles. That, yeah, it's quick. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's there's a decent like pro field that, that does it every year. Um, it's definitely not as deep as like your Falmouth or your uh, Gate River or one of those, but um, there's usually like a, a good international contingent that, that runs pretty fast up front. Yeah, I used to do, uh, there's like the Valley Forge Revolutionary Run five miler like the week before. And I think there would usually be an Adidas Pro because I did it a couple of years and like, you know, I would usually get second or third uh, in high school because there was an Adidas Pro that would come and tempo it. Just do like pretty hilly course, just do like 25 flat, take the win there and then go to the Broad Street and be like top three the next week. Well, that's a good couple, good couple paydays. Uh <laughs> That, uh, do you have a, Willie, do you have a favorite road race that you've ever done? That's a good question. Um, no, not off the top of my head. Um, I've done some good ones. Like the, there's a Virginia 10 miler. That's obviously 10 miles, uh, super hilly. Um, and like, I forget who, who has the, um, course record, but it's like, you know, Jerry Lindgren or um, someone like that, like someone back. One of those old timers. Yeah. Yeah. Just like came and just fucking hammered and ran super fast. Uh, so that one was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, but honestly, just like guardian mile, great race. Um, there's a, a race in Blacksburg, Virginia called the Draper mile. It's just a downhill mile. Um, I ran like 353 there one year. Um, so that, that's that's the only way I'm ever going to break four is if I exactly. find one of those downhill. <laughs> bomb, bomb a downhill. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so no, I don't have one particular one that sticks out, but I obviously have a few. Uh, I, I like road racing. They're fun. Yeah, I uh, was just talking last night. Uh, there's a race on Martha's Vineyard that I have, haven't done in years, but uh, I won it a couple of times. And when you... The first prize is they hand you a live, like five pound lobster, <laughs> just like they hand it to you at the finish line and it's alive. Um, and it's uh, one of the more unique prizes I've ever gotten from a race before. But is it at least uh, have, like tape over it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, uh, clipped up, but it's still creepy crawly, which is uh, uh, always makes for like fun pictures. Like, uh when they when they hand it to you but um that's definitely that's definitely up there for me um well awesome well uh in in the interest of uh letting casey get to his uh his pre-race dinner um uh, we can we can wrap up and just because you've been on before doesn't mean you're off the hook this time really but uh we asked the 
our uh, listener, our guests, the same three questions every episode at the end. Uh, the first is your Instagram crush. Um, it doesn't have to be your literal crush, but just something that you're into on, on the internet these days. Um, TikTok, definitely acceptable. Twitter, whatever you're, whatever you're following that, you're, that makes you laugh. Or somebody who's hot, either way. Oh, one of my following makes me laugh. Uh, what what TikTok trends? <laughs> I don't know. Will you go first? All right. Um, I think lately I've been seeing a lot of this Instagram account called like Dinos and Friends or something like that. Uh, it's just like these four panel comics of like dinosaurs in awkward situations. Uh, that's been <laughs> making me laugh a lot. Like that. Like, uh, yeah, speaking of a good Instagram crush, uh, always, always shout him out. My boy, Luke, the orange runner. Those are always good ones. Um, I enjoy those a lot. Yeah, those are always good. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of the, of the uh, LSU gymnastics team on TikTok. And, you know, that I don't mind when they, when they show up in my feed. I don't know. I've just got like a, a weird comedic taste, a weird variety of, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like that's TikTok is good for like weird like yeah like gymnasts like divers like any sort of like cool skills that is definitely like a good place for tiktok like oh i'm i'm also really into you know trick shot videos i feel like ever since like dude perfect became big like that was the thing when i was younger so when that reappeared into my life like i was really happy about that so people like throwing cards or like oh yeah shooting a basketball like throwing basketball over their house and like a hoop or something i love that stuff yeah, definitely. Uh, I always like, I feel like that, like the trick shots and then those like insane, like Rube Goldberg machines where you're like, you spent hours, just hours setting this up. Like why? I saw one where they like set up a whole intricate thing and they were relying on their like cat to hit the ball into a jar at the end. So like they must've messed it up at the end so many times. Oh no. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, so the next is your, your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic. You got to sing. What are you singing? I would, I would say drops of Jupiter. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorites. I always sing in the car, so I may as well sing it for people every once in a while. If, uh, if the race goes well tomorrow, you're in Nashville. Nashville's kind of a karaoke town. You could, you could go out after. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a country, uh, town though. I don't, I don't really have many country karaoke songs on my, in my repertoire. Uh, maybe some Rascal Flats or something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Singing country. That's okay. Yeah. Well, I would, I would always like go for Dolly Parton and she's, you know, pride of Tennessee. So, so that wouldn't be too bad, but I'd probably do a bad job. That'd be the problem. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Willie? Yeah. I would just go with like some Blink-182 or something uh, like one of their popular songs, like all the small things or uh, Adam song or something like that, where, People know it and we'll sing along. Yeah. As we've said before, listeners will know, uh, if you're not confident in your karaoke skills, the key is to just, and Drops of Jupiter is a good example of this, like just pick a song that other people will sing along to and drown out your voice and then problem solved. Yes, then it becomes like kids bop. It's bad, but like, you know, you, ex you expected that, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's uh, it's fun for, for everybody, that's for sure. Um, and last but not least, uh, your death row meal. You're going to the chair. You can eat anything you want. What are you having for your last meal? 
So in high school and in most of college, I would actually have a full rack of ribs the night before a race. So I don't necessarily do that anymore, but that would probably be my death row meal because it's one of my favorites. Rack of ribs, some mashed potatoes, you know, just a good hearty meal. Sure. Um, I would go with uh, some pie from Schmuckers in Ohio or in Toledo, Ohio, where I grew up. They have like they're super famous for their pie. It's a dip. It's different than like the grape jelly brand, um, which always gets confusing because it's the same. <laughs> um, so I'd go with some pie from them, and then I don't know, maybe just like a a grilled cheese and some tomato soup. That sounds good right now. Uh, comfort food, yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw an ad in the Nashville airport today. I was picking my bag for a restaurant that had quote grilled cheese on crack. <laughs> Very interested to know what that is. Very aggressive marketing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's also so you're gonna sing karaoke after the race, and you're gonna find this restaurant and, and report back on what uh, exactly a grilled cheese on crack is. But yeah, I took a picture so I can find it. I, you know, I like a good, like, I like a good fancy grilled cheese. Like you throw some, like, uh, like I love caramelized onions in grilled cheese. Like those are really good little, um, maybe some sweet, like some sweet and salty, like some like fig and prosciutto in a grilled cheese like that. That'll, although at a certain point, like, I don't know, the question is like, then what does, when does it stop becoming a grilled cheese is the question. Yeah, when is it a sandwich? <laughs> that, uh, oh, you know what? Oh, you know, it'd be so good is like you have a grilled cheese, but then in the middle of the grilled cheese is just a row of mozzarella sticks. So you're just like doubling down on bread and cheese. That could be the, that could be a grilled cheese on crack. I'm giving free marketing ideas out here to, to this restaurant. Try that like after this. Yeah, that, uh, honestly. Some mozzarella sticks. That sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, report back. Yeah. Send uh, hit the group chat with uh, with your review on that. Uh, we, we're giving free uh, free advice, culinary uh, wisdom, left and right. <laughs> uh, well, either way, good luck tomorrow, Casey. Good luck uh, with the rest of the season, Willie. Uh, and uh, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me. Tell me, did you say?